Welcome to the In All Things podcast. Here, we talk about everything from friendship and personalities to contentment and faith. Our goal, to encourage you to seek Christ in all things. Hey, how's it going? I'm your host, Sierra. Let's imagine you're in my living room and dive into real conversation. There is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while because it is so prevalent in our world today. It is dictating how we all see the world and how we see others, and it's determining how we live our everyday life. And it's fear. This has been on my mind for a while now, to be exact, a little over a year, because this past year has been covered with fear all over the place. And to be honest, it's been really discouraging for me to see. And I don't, I don't say that because I approach the world with absolutely no fear, because trust me, that is definitely not the case. But I feel like the fear is so obvious and in our faces right now, and it makes me so sad that by the masses, we all seem to have fallen prey to fear. And as a society, I feel like we are quite literally living in fear right now. Now, I know this can be a big topic and it really can be touchy or sensitive, so I want to approach this with love and grace while still offering biblical truths. There have been many times over the past year that one particular verse kept coming to my mind over and over and over, and it's from 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. I thought about what that means for us as believers. First of all, it's very clear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear does not come from the Lord. And if it doesn't come from the Lord, well, then it's coming from the enemy. So we can know that right off the bat. But the next part of that verse says what God does give us as an alternative to fear. He gives us power to overcome it. He gives us a love to drive it out. And he gives us a sound mind to be discerning. So as I talk about this, I'm going to bring up a controversial subject. Okay, so stick with me. But this is going to be an example because every single person who listens to this is going to be able to probably relate on some level. And that is COVID. So a little over a year ago now, we were told that the coronavirus was in the United States and it was killing so many people. And ever since then, we have been told that we need to social distance and wear a mask and not be with our friends and family in person and not go to church. We were given a list of do's and don'ts and we were given a list of every symptom under the sun that if others around us have those symptoms, then they could kill us. Or if we have symptoms and we are around other people, we could kill them. We have come to live in fear of others. And we have come to live in fear of ourselves. If we have the sniffles one morning, we contact everyone that we know to warn them and to cancel our plans for the next 14 days. Now, if you don't agree with the narrative we've been told and you're not scared of the virus then maybe you are afraid of the repercussions that will happen if you break the rules that are given. Um, You may be afraid of what others think of you when you say you disagree. Or 
perhaps you're afraid of a government who controls us. Whatever your stance is with the virus, most likely there is some kind of fear behind that. Now, I'll be honest, I have my very strong opinions surrounding the virus, but I still have wrestled with fear, even though it's not the virus that I'm scared of. And the thing is, the virus is honestly just a universal example. We all face things daily that can put fear in us. Do I fear for my physical safety? Am I scared about finances? Am I afraid that I have no friends? Maybe I'm just concerned for my health in general or heart disease, for example, runs in the family and we're scared that we are going to have the same issue. Or maybe we're scared of our parents dying. And so many things like the virus that I just shared about have two sides. And both sides could have fear trailing behind them. It's just a different kind of fear. So perhaps we're scared of um, losing our job. But you know what? Others could be scared of being stuck in the same job long term. Some might be fearful that they'll never have kids. But there are mothers who are scared for their kids' safety. There's being afraid of being single for the rest of your life. And there's being afraid of all that comes with being married or in a relationship. Fear can surround anything and anyone. Maybe we've been afraid to post something on social media because we might get kicked off or we might get canceled. That's a real fear too these days. I actually just talked about that in two different episodes, one on social media and one on people-pleasing. But when we are scared of um, current or upcoming circumstances, it really only reveals that we lack trust in God. We aren't relying on him for peace and for strength to overcome the circumstances that are in front of us. In Psalms, um, we are told to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding. I heard something earlier today that said, when we feed our doubt, we drown our faith. But when we feed our faith, we drown our doubt. So the question becomes, which are we feeding? Our faith or our fears? You know, there are so many examples of fear and overcoming fear in the Bible. Jesus went out to heal the lepers and was not scared of getting leprosy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar, but they refused. And as a result, they were then thrown in the furnace. They didn't let their fear influence their beliefs or their actions. And God saved them from that furnace. They came out without a single singe or burn. Uh, David was chased by his enemies who wanted to kill him. But he repeatedly turned to the Lord and cried out to him. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and God protected him. Fear is a natural emotion. But I think what it really does is it shows us our own weakness and that we need Jesus. But when we don't see it as a reminder that we have strength through him, our outlook is completely hopeless. I've seen the church responding to the past year's events And I see them encouraging the fear. 
churches are not preaching from the pulpit to have courage to trust the Lord and not live in fear. Instead, I've seen them feed the fear by preaching whatever the government is preaching. And I understand that this isn't every single church, but again, from what I've seen, it has been a lot of them. I know that this gets into politics, but my main point is to focus on the fear aspect because we are not called to live in fear. And we as Christians need to be the primary examples for that. And I just wish that I saw more churches standing up for that. Because we are called to have courage in the Lord and trust in him, lean on him. As we read in 2 Timothy, he gives us the tools that we need to fight that fear. So I want to go back to those um, three things, power, love, and a sound mind that God gives us to combat the fear. The first is power. Um, We are told in Ephesians that his power is at work within us. As I talked about on the last episode, um, which is in listening to the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Therefore, his power is within us. We can rebuke whatever fear we're facing and he will help us. He will give us the strength to face it and the strength to overcome it. And sometimes he will remove that fear completely. He gives us love. First um, John 4.18 says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Well, let's think about this. Who represents perfect love? There's only one person who has ever shown perfect love, and that is God. 1 Corinthians talks about this in verse 7 of chapter 13 when it says love always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Well, that's not fear. We do not see fear represented in that verse talking about love. We have Jesus to show us perfect love and he will cast out the fear that we are experiencing. And we're told in 1 Peter that we can cast our anxieties on the Lord for he cares for us. When we are able to focus on the God of love, the God of perfect and limitless love, we can drive out that fear because it is not meant for us. And the last one is that he gives us a sound mind. Other versions say self-control or self-discipline. And I think um, these words offer a different perspective on the situation. Self-discipline from my perspective, would allow us to keep ourselves in check when we start to become scared of something. So to me, um, that would mean having a good head on your shoulders and not allowing emotions to get the best of us. I read a quote recently that said, your feelings do not know your future. And I know from my own life, I so often get caught up in my own feelings and my own fear about the future. And so many times, That worrying is for nothing. But the words sound mind struck me very differently when thinking about this past year. I don't know how I would have defined it before 2020, but now I see that as discernment. Are we discerning the facts and looking objectively at the situation that we're facing? Or are we allowing the surrounding people or environment dictate what we're scared of? So I'm going to use COVID again as an example. Since the beginning, 
of COVID, we have been inundated by so many statistics, many recommendations, tons of rules, and countless so-called facts. But the facts are contradictory to the rules, and the statistics don't match the recommendations, and the recommendations and rules change on a dime when we see a change in leadership. So my point is, is that I want to encourage you to use your own research and your own discernment to make up your own mind. And I'm going to say it again. This is just a good, recent, universal example, but it really goes for anything. Are we allowing other people's opinions or guilt to influence our fear? Or are we seriously looking objectively at our circumstances? And if we have Jesus, that would be an objective factor to say, no, I will not fear. I'm going to be honest that I have been way more fearful of being controlled by our government and the direction that our nation is headed rather than the virus. For me, that is what I have been afraid of. But I've had to come to realize that that is still fear. And yes, it's a different fear than most of the nation seems to have, but it is fear nonetheless. I have had to remind myself that God is in control over this situation and every other situation that we are in. And I'm going to say this one more time. This is not just about the virus. God is in control of your relationships, of your job, in your marriage. He's taking care of your children. He's taking care of every intricate detail of our lives, even though it may not always feel like it. The psalmist writes in Psalms 56, 11, In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I think that's such a great question. What can man do to me? In my opinion, this sounds like a question coming from someone with a sound mind. Because it is so easy to get caught up in thinking of how we're going to get hurt. Or wonder how our life is going to be affected by something. But when we really look at the solid truth that man cannot actually hurt us, it reveals a true depth to the love of God. It reveals a true depth to the love of God. Now here on earth, hurt is so, so real to people. I don't want to ignore that. We all get hurt from friends and family and even strangers. But in the big scheme of things, we can know that this world is not our home. And one day we will be with the Lord. And we know that wherever we are here on earth, whatever is happening, we are surrounded by the love of God who is always, always with us. Now, I want to address quickly the context of the second Timothy verse that we've been reading, because the reason that Paul is even telling us that we don't have a spirit of fear is actually um, when he's talking about the persecution of the church. So we are not to be fearful in the coming days when we as believers will be persecuted. And I'll be honest, when I first read that context, I debated even talking about the verse because I didn't want to take it out of context and apply it to a situation that doesn't even need to be applied to. You know, if we're talking about everyday living, but he's talking about persecution, does it still apply? But then I thought, hang on a second. Because if we aren't even to be afraid of persecution, which is horrible, awful things done to Christians like torture or even being killed for our faith, then how can we be afraid of anything? 
This is not the only verse that says that we shouldn't fear. God tells it to Joshua. An angel says it to Mary and Joseph. It's in dozens of places in the Bible. And if God is going to give us power, love, and a sound mind when we are being hurt and tortured and killed because of Christ himself, then he is going to give us those things in a virus, in our marriage, in school, in our job, in health, overseas, in finances, in anything. Because we were not given a spirit of fear ever. It doesn't say that our spirit of fear is removed when persecution comes. It said it was not given to us by the Lord. So as we go about the coming days and weeks, I really hope that we can start to look at the world without fear. And I know it's hard. Without fear of the future, without fear of the unknown, I want to share something that brings me comfort when I start to get anxious about um, the future, the future of our nation, my future, whatever it may be. Because at the end of the day, I don't know what my life is going to look like tomorrow, right? None of us do. We don't know what next week is going to look like or in 10 or 30 and 50 years. Undoubtedly, we will have many pleasant surprises waiting for us. And we will also definitely have some hard trials. And when we approach those trials, I know for sure that I will probably face fear. But with all those unknowns, what I do know is at the end of it all, Jesus comes back and he wins. The end of the story has already been written. So when I think of that, why should I fear? There's nothing to truly fear when we know that Jesus has already won. Thanks so much for joining us on today's episode. I am so glad to have had this conversation with you. I am praying that this episode was encouraging, and if it was, please consider leaving a review. This show is just getting started, and we would love to bring more people into our conversation. Sharing it with your friends and leaving a review is a great way to do that. See you next time.